Father, we thank you for today, God, and this message, Lord. Father, let the Holy Spirit speak through my heart today, God. Let the oracles from heaven be reproduced on the earth right now, God. Let what moves your heart, Father God, move our hearts today, God. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit, the fire of our hearts, God, be ablaze today, God. Let our emotions, our will, and our ways be aligned with your heart, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we ask for the deepness of what you're saying and doing, Father. Father, I ask you to flow through me in another way today, God, in Jesus' mighty name. Today's message is called The Heart. The Heart. And I'm going to wrap it all together in the scriptures that he gave me. I got this a couple days back. The Heart. The Heart is where the issues of life come out of and the Bible also says the heart is wicked the heart without God our hearts will deceive us our hearts will mess us up and our hearts will be like the world Jeremiah 17 5-12 thus saith the Lord cursed Be the man who trusts in man, who makes flesh his arm, whose heart departs from the Lord. He says, whose heart departs from God. And now we know how do we depart from God is through the Word of God, through the written Word of God, through following the Holy Spirit. So that's how we depart from, from God. For you shall be like, for he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall see when good cometh but shall not inhabit the parched places of the wilderness and the salt land and the inhabitant blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord whose hope is in the Lord for he shall be a tree planted by the waters that spread out the roots by the river and shall not see when the heat cometh but her leaf shall not shall be green, shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall it cease yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the hearts. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways. And according to the fruit of his doings, as a partridge sitteth on eggs and hatcheth them not, so he that getteth riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his days, and at the end shall be a fool. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of sanctuary. And Matthew Chapter 15, 17 through 19 says, <clears throat> Do not, yea, yet understand that whatever enters into the mouth or the belly and is cast into the drought, but those things that proceed out of the mouth 
come forth from the heart, from the heart, and they defile a man. So it's what it's our heart that defiles us. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adultery, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. And the only way to be happy is to give God all of our heart. Because if we keep back any portion of our heart, any part of our hearts, if we keep back just a little part of our heart, that little leaven, that little part of our heart will deceive our whole body, will, will, will make everything uh, wicked. That's why God gives us a new heart and we cannot take it back. Mark 12, 30 through 33, And thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength and all thy commandments. And the second is like, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the scribe said, well, master, I've done these. And you said a truth. There is only one God and there is none other but he. And to love him with all thy heart and with all thy understanding, with all thy soul and with all thy strength. And to love thy neighbor as himself is more than the, all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. So in other words, it's not what you do. That overrides what your heart will do. In other words, if you have a bad heart and you do all the sacrifices and do all the things, God doesn't receive the offering, doesn't receive the sacrifice. That's why God says, go before you bring your gift, before you bring your body, before you bring yourself before the Lord, before you bring yourself to me, before you want me to pour out my blessings, my love, my, my, my oil upon you, my presence. If you have all with your brother, go with them and make, make amends. And, and, and then he says all these things because the sacrifice is good, but without a right heart, it's just like living in the law. See, they did not know how to have a right heart back before Jesus died on the cross because Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood that we could have a pure heart and clean hands only by going up the hill of the Lord, only by the power of God. But it takes a surrendered heart. And I want God to have my whole heart I want God to have everybody's whole heart in this room, everybody who's listening, to have a heart of compassion, love, desire, a burning heart for Jesus that can, can't be put out by anybody, any place, anything, any devil, anything. It won't happen. But we have to learn how to guard our heart because out of it flows these issues, issues of life or issues of death. Leviticus 17.11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Life is in the blood. Now our life is hidden in Christ because His blood gives us life. And because of the blood of Jesus, we have life. And that's why we drink His blood and eat His flesh so we have life in us. And when we eat His flesh, we're eating His Word, we're believing His Word, and we're eating the bread from heaven. John 6, 51-58, For I am the living bread which came from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give him is my flesh, and I will give 
thee for the life of the world. For the Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus gave us his flesh on the cross. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Except you eat my flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. Life is in the blood. We have to give it, our hearts to Jesus. Because His life comes out of Him. Life is in the blood. Remember, we've been going on and on about how God uses the things of the natural to bring us a spiritual understanding, a spiritual insight, a spiritual way of seeing things. And that's what He's going to do today. So we can see the importance of the blood, the importance to have a clean heart, clean blood, clean, clean, clean. And Jesus said to them, Verily, except you eat my, you have no life in you. Who that eats my flesh and drink, I will, he will have eternal life. And I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. And remember he said, No man shall live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So our words must be his words. So when they're proceeding out of the mouth of God, those same words must be proceeding out of us. And out of the heart, the abundance of the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will bring the same words. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when it speaks, it must speak life. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, I live by the Father. So he that eat, eateth me, he shall live by me. Eateth him, live by him. This is that bread that came from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and died and are dead, but he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. <coughs> it is the heart that transports all the blood throughout the body. We've got to start to think about the body of Christ now. Your body, your heart, your heart pushes the blood all through your body. Right? And if people have a bad heart, they don't have a normal life, do they? If you, got to, if you know people with a bad heart, they can't do normal things. They can't exercise like other people. They can't run hard like other people. They can't um, go down deep in water. There's all these different things that people cannot do when they have a bad heart. And they have to do things slowly. They're not quick to react. They're not quick. Bad heart. They have circulation problems, right? Numbness, swelling, pain. But in Christ, we're not supposed to have pain. And if we're the body of Christ, if everyone affects the blood flow of the body and the heart, then different parts of the body get affected. This is spiritual speaking as well. We are constantly need our hearts flowing with life. Our heart, it says, is de deceitful and wicked. So what does it mean? It will deceive us if we let it. This, God has given us control over our minds, our will, and our emotions. Proverbs 
4, 20-27 says this, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. In other words, listen to my word and do it. And then the Bible says, Be not just to hear the word, but a doer. Why? Because a doer of the word gets the benefits of what he's doing. A hearer only, only hears it. But he says, Incline your ear here, for they are life unto him that eat it. So in other words, he's saying, in Proverbs, Jesus is going to come along and say, drink my blood because my words have life in them and their health unto the flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence. He's telling them, keep your heart with all diligence. Keep your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. Out of the heart flows the issues of life. Put away a forward mouth, a perverse lips, but put, par, put them far from thee. Let not thy eyes look to the right or to the left, or the eyelids, and thy eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. And we know that the Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. So if his, he's, he's establishing our steps, we, keep, we have our eyes upon him. Turn not to the right or to the left and remove move thy foot from evil. He says it's our job to protect our hearts. So we are the keepers of our own hearts. We are the keepers of our heart. Remember, we're always saying, want to protect your heart, brother. Protect your heart. Why do you protect your heart? Because out of it flows the issues of life. And life and death is in the power of the tongue. And it's a rudder. We've been to that James. It can set a, set a place on fire. Everyone at times. See, we need to protect our hearts. We are the keepers of heart white because everyone at times, everyone is misunderstood. Every single person. Everybody is lonely at times. Every single person. Everyone is attacked by someone or something all the time. They say this is life, but no, that's out there, that's death. So we got to say, in death, we're going to all these things are going to approach us. But in life, they don't have to affect us. Everybody will be attacked. And it's funny, the more you're in Christ, the more the world wants to attack you. Death will attack life, but it cannot touch it. Because it, it cannot touch your heart unless you open the door. Open the door to your heart to things. You cannot do that. Everybody's persecuted on some level or mistreated directly or indirectly. Because the world is death. Everybody is liked and disliked by certain people. The same person that likes this person might not like you. They're a liker and a disliker. And you can dislike somebody and it's still not sin. Doesn't mean you can doesn't like somebody. We don't have to like everybody, but we have to love everybody. So to love somebody, it's better just to find out a way to like them. Because then it's easier to love them because you're commanded to love somebody. So just find a way to like them. But everybody, just like everybody's betrayed, but don't you become betrayed. You don't have to be. Everyone in their life, because there's so many people in so many circumstances that will be betrayed, but you have, you have a chance not to become one of those people. So, 
Everybody faces people, places, and things that hurt your heart. You can get your heart hurt by strangers, but when somebody close to you misunderstands you, it seems to affect your heart more because you feel, because they know me, why would they think that? They know me better than that. This is where the devil starts to come in and starts to web the things of Leviathan and different things because he'll twist words, emotions, and, and thoughts when our heart is not right. Everybody faces these things, but it's who protects their heart, learns how to keep it and give it to Jesus. See, keep it, I don't mean by when I say keep it, keep it away from Jesus. It means give it to Him and let Him protect it. Give it to Jesus and let Him be the one, the keeper of your heart. Because we are the keepers, but we have to guard it. But He's the keeper of it. Because His blood is the one that cleans us. He is the Redeemer. He is the Restorer. He is the Cleaner and the Purifier. We're just the ones that have to give it. That is the problem. Many of us don't give God all of our heart and we have to give Him all of our heart because that's the only way we're going to be happy. We only, we, it's easy to give Him all of our heart when everything's going well. But see, we hold it back when things are not going our own way. Life is in the blood. Only Jesus can give us a new heart. Only Jesus can make all things new. Ezekiel spoke it in two passages like this. Ezekiel 11, 19-20 says, And I'll give them one heart, and that's why it comes together with the body of Christ, that it's important. If we're one heart, then if somebody's heart isn't right, then it will end up affecting other hearts. So because life is in the heart, the heart's pumping, cause, and who's, who, who created that God? And life is in the blood. So we got to make sure that we, we, we want our heart pumping because we want life, life flowing. So he says this, I will put a new, I will put a new spirit within you and I'll take out the stony heart because out there everyone's going to get a stony heart because we live by the world and the heart gets that because of the world and out of their flesh and I will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them. He's talking, see Ezekiel's prophesying, he's a prophet, he's prophesying of the future. He's talking about us. He's talking about what Jesus was going to be able to do when he gave us, put a new, made us born again and put a new spirit inside of you and me. And when he came and he was going to give us the power to become the sons of God. He was going to give us the power to overcome the world. The power by the blood of Jesus. It's only by surrender though. He doesn't force the power on you. He doesn't force the cross on you. He doesn't force love on you. It all, it's all about the dance. And that's why. Jesus shows up at the dance, but you know, have you everyone... And, 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 and it's like this. And, you know, in the worldly sense, the, the, the girl shouldn't be going asking the guy for, to dance. But Jesus is there, but he says he's already dancing. And he's invited everybody to come dance with him. Because we're all his bride and we can all dance at once. And if we're all dancing at the same time, it looks beautiful in his eyes. So we're, 
he's dancing and he says, just come and dance with me. But when we have a bad heart, we don't want to see him dancing or be with him because we are already putting fig leaves on because of we are going by our emotions and we're going by the things that, that hurt us and we're ashamed to dance with him. See, because our heart it says our heart condemns us. And if, but the Bible also says if your heart condemns us, God is greater than your heart. God, the blood of Jesus is more powerful than your heart. So we need to surrender to that. Keeping our heart because we think, because we think that we have a right. And when we do withhold our heart from God, we withhold it from one another. See, if we withhold our heart, then that means we're really taking it back. They say, oh yeah, God, I love you with all my heart, mind, body, and soul, and all that is within me, but not today, or not this thing. And that's not all. All is all. All is all. It's all not. Some is some. He didn't say love me with some of your heart. That's what religion does. That's why we get religious, because when we take back part of our heart from God, we become religious. We're only happy when we're given all of our heart. The whole warfare thing is... Not releasing it, but once we do, we find it. Say, man, why didn't I do that before? Give him all of your heart because he is the protector of our soul. He is the one that heals us. And life flows out of the heart. The blood flows. It pumps out. And life is in the blood. And Jesus is the point of life. Ezekiel 36-25 says it like this, Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you. What's the clean water? It's the Word of God now. He did, didn't Jesus say, My Word has made you clean? Then He says, By the renewing of the washing of the water of, of, of the water of the Word of God. What is He saying? And He said, I am the living water. I am. If you drink this water, you'll never thirst again. See, the problem is when we get ashamed of it, we don't drink it. It's sitting right there. But we don't drink it. So what happens if you don't put water on the clay? Or let's call it the heart. The heart dries up. So the water's there. He says, water the heart. Keep it soft. It says about the heart, it doesn't the... the, the um, what do you call that? The um, the molder, the the potter, right? The potter have power over the clay, and 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 doesn't the heat melt the wax? We need the fire of God of melting our hearts for Him and for one another. That's what love does. And filthiness, He says this: in clean water, and you shall be clean from all filthiness, from your idols. I will cleanse you. And what ends up happening when we hold back our heart, our, the idol becomes us. Our feelings, our emotions, what we think, and we think we have a right. But God, Jesus said, no, I poured all my blood out so you don't have to go to hell, so you don't have any more rights. So when you learn to know that I have taken your rights and it's a good plan that I have for your life, it's going to be well for you and you will be pleased with it. And a heart after, and I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Stone and flesh. Flesh is kind of soft, right? And stone is hard. So he, he's saying, in the world you're going to have a hard heart. That's just how it is. It's just, you know, it's an, 
eye for an eye, right? Tooth for a tooth, uh, evil for evil, and you know, paybacks for you know that. But no, not in the kingdom of God. We are to walk in the spirit and in love and in in the in the and keep our heart right, because He warns us about that. And that's what I want for myself more than anything. A heart like when we first got saved, we would break for people. We uh, we would run after the lost. We would be so wanting to give, but all of a sudden, even though we got that new heart in us and everything was new, and we were just so in love with Jesus, and everything, our heart starts to get hard. It starts to get um, contaminated, right? Because we have allowed things to get in, and when things get in, we have to take them out. Because if we don't take them out, they will poison it. A little leaven on the heart will, will harden the whole heart. It, uh, hardening of the heart doesn't happen overnight. It's a hardening of the heart. I'll put, and I will take away the stony heart and put them in a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in them and all my statutes. And I, they will keep my judgments I will do to them. And they will dwell in the land I will give them and their fathers. And they shall be my people. And I will be their God. Where is that land for us right now? It's called the kingdom of God. And it's right here. That land is right here. The land of milk and honey is right in front of us. But we have to keep the enemy out. This is why we need to give God all of our heart. This is why we must hate religion that is not pure and not motivated by love. Because... We only give Him a portion. We hold back the parts we want. The Bible tells us those are the parts that iniquity can breathe. It only takes a little bit of iniquity to be planted till it starts. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Uh, plant a mustard seed and it, that mustard seed will take over the whole garden. How much iniquity will take over the heart if we don't get it out by the blood of Jesus? This is why He says, Love God with all of your heart. And with all that is within you. Mark 12, 30-33 says this, And thou shalt love the Lord God with all thy heart, all thy soul, with all thy mind, and, with, and this is all thy strength. And the second, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This is the two commandments, and there's no greater than these. And the scribes said this, and we talked about that of the sacrifice. This is what blesses the Lord, is the true worship, is having a pure heart. That's what true worship is. You can come here with a bad heart and worship Him and it's not going to please Him because He wants you to have a pure heart. Loving the unlovable. That's how you protect your heart. Loving your enemies. Some have a hard time loving their friends. How are you going to love your enemies when you can't love your friends? Why is this? Because they have not given Jesus all of their hearts. Today we need to give Him all of our heart. Today's the day to say, you know what, I'm not holding nothing back from Him. It's possible though. We loan Him all of our heart all the time. But it's only on loan. Because the minute things don't go our way, we take back part of our heart. See, if we give God all of our heart, He'll protect our heart. He'll protect us. He'll take care of it. See, we loan it to Him all, but not give it all to Him. And then we feel, then we, if we get mad or we don't, we take, we take control and we take it back. 
Some people cannot even love themselves. It's impossible to love other people until you love yourself. That's why Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, because most people love themselves, but they love themselves not, they love themselves as like, I'm first, it's all about me. I'm not talking about that kind of love. I'm talking about just love yourself. Love your good parts, your bad parts. Love who God created you to be. And when you love who God created you to be, you can start loving who God created others to be. Some people can't, can't okay. What, and this is why, and when we give all of our heart to Christ, this is what we can do. We can trust. We can live. We can love. We can laugh. We can cry. We can dance. We can sing and we can play. And we also, even when we're mistreated, misunderstood, misused, abused, or even hated. See, he doesn't have clauses in the word. He doesn't say, but, if. See, that's what we do. We put the buts in. We put the ifs in. But we put, and everybody has a story. See, people don't remember. We came out of death. And a lot of people that have huge stories of successful deliverance and things like that, people are like, but everybody, in the world you'll have tribulation. In the world you'll have all these things, but I have taken you out of the world. And he said, but I'm giving you in the kingdom. So, when we begin to take our iniquities, our trespasses, our um, hurts and pains, and, and we, we begin to compare them, but you don't, God, Jesus doesn't want that. Because all that does is takes you back to death. Because when Jesus said this for a reason, any man looking back is not fit for the kingdom of God. He's saying, looking back, if your whole family was murdered, you can't look back. If you were uh, burned, and they, you can't look back. If you were hurt, wounded, Paul could not look back. Jesus could not look back. He said, when you put your hand to the plow, keep on plowing, keep on moving forward. Because when you look back, all the things that you left behind will be right there again. Why do you want the things that Jesus took you away from, delivered you from, and see, they're there, but in your heart, you bring them back into your heart. And when you bring them back into your heart, you contaminate your heart. And see, so when you learn how to guard your heart, when they're in front of you, why bring your past back into your future? When people, see, that's why you protect your heart from frontwards. And when this happens, you've never given all of your heart. Then even if you do the, the first five things happen, I mean, uh, even um, if the, the, the last five things, the misunderstandings and, the mis and all those things happen, you can still have the first eight still happening. Because all these things are going to happen. But you've got to learn to be, give Jesus all of your heart to see as those last five things are happening, the first eight things can still happen. You can still love, you can still sing, you can still play, you can still dance, you can still preach, teach, minister, because you've given Jesus all of your heart. It's not a conditional kingdom. 
The kingdom of God is not conditioned on your day. The kingdom of God is at hand every day and it's always working. The kingdom of God is not conditional. Our lives, we make it conditional. But if you make the kingdom a conditional, then your whole life becomes conditional. Conditional on how you feel and how you're being. But that is not the promises of God. If God, if, if God give, gives you... Okay, and the kingdom of God and His promises. The promises are in the kingdom. They're not in the world. And then if you start getting upset with it, you're not getting the promises, but it's not Jesus' fault. You took the promises back when you took back part of your heart. you got to give Him all of your heart to get all the promises because He is the keeper. A heart that is, uncon is unconditional. See, the world can love those who love them, but only God can help us to love all people. This is the power of grace. A yielded vessel. A yielded vessel. When we still have all of our when we still have all of our heart, we live. When we still don't give him all of our heart, we live in a conditional world. Where our heart is only moved by what we feel, by what we encounter, and by what we like. A heart not fully submitted and given to Jesus makes us conditional creatures. But Jesus was not a conditional creature. He, we're supposed to follow his footsteps. That's why he said, follow me. He didn't say, follow me. He's still saying, follow me. He didn't say, follow me, uh, you know. He's like, follow me, not just my, where I'm going. Follow me, what I'm thinking, how I'm doing, and what I'm, how I'm living, and how I react to things and do things. And I'm going to give you power to be able to do it. We have, see, that's, they understand we have to believe because the Bible says when we start to stop believing that we have the power, then our hearts get hardened as well. So, our day is good or bad based on people, places, and things. That's not the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is unconditional. Luke 6, 44-49. And Jesus also said in Scripture that the kingdom of God is not by observation. It's not, you cannot see it because it's not by observation. It's not by death. It's not like the world is by observation. It's by faith and by knowing and by believing. And it's at hand. It's right there. It's right here. Luke 6, 45-49. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good, but an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. See, when we take back our heart from God, our mouth starts to say different things. It starts to be a different way. You get angry, right? You start because you took back. But when you learn to have the fruits of the Spirit and when you get all the self-control, you don't take back that part. And of course, we repent right away and we give it back to Jesus if we do slip. But if we take back part of our heart, then we are, the we are, that's on us. It's on us. It says, out of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaks. Why you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things I do. So he's not saying, he's saying, we become just lip service. If I'm your Lord, then I should have all of your heart, not just a part of your heart. So you call me Lord because 
you're just doing it out of religion and duty and sacrifice. But really, if I was Lord, you'd be at peace. If I was your Lord, everything, the, the storm would be, you wouldn't be sleeping in the storm. If I was the Lord, you would do what I say. So you, it's easy to do what I say when everything's going well. But when it's not going well, am I still the Lord of your life? That's what he's asking us today. Whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and do them, I will be is like a man that built his house and did dig deep and laid the foundation in the rock. And when the floods and the storms came, and the house could not shake. See, he wants us to be sound. Jesus was sound. He was firm. When they all circled around him, he didn't lose it. He was able to hear from heaven. And that's where God wants to take us. In these last days, God wants us to. And even when Jesus did things that some of us might not agree with his disciples, he did it in the Spirit. When he rebuked Peter, when he did things, when they asked questions, when he knew people were against him, he didn't stop loving them. He didn't stop loving Judas even though he was plotting to betray him. He didn't stop loving uh, Peter when he knew Peter was being selfish and just wanted him around for his own reasons. He did not, you could not tell if it'd be like this. Is he okay with this or not? You don't know. It's why, because he was in the kingdom. And he says, and these things and the house was not ruined. We are the house of God. Reacting and acting to people, places, and things. We will never be happy. God wants us to not live in reaction, but live in the Spirit. And then when things do, we guard our heart and we take it to Him. And we can continue to see the good. Because once we take back part of our heart, we don't see the good anymore. We just see, we don't see the treasure in earthly vessels. We don't even see the treasures in the law. That's when our heart starts to see, we see what the world sees. Good and bad. We, can, we begin to start eating from that tree again of knowledge and good and evil. We go out here because when, our, when we take back part of our heart, what we're doing is we're eating from that tree again. And so everything is conditional. The way people look, hey, that guy looks like a criminal. That guy looks like he's poor. That guy looks like he's angry. That guy, maybe he just, you don't know, maybe he just looks like that. And he's the nicest guy in the world because we're going by what things look like and not by what the Word of God says. We cannot keep going by what things look like, but how what things really are, how God says and sees they are. And the only thing to do that is to have give Him all of our heart. Because it's all based on what we hear, what we see, what we feel, and what we do. But the kingdom of God is not based on what we do. It's on what He did. And it's what we enter into His rest with Him. For what He did, we, that is the grace of God. When we give Jesus all of our heart, He will keep it clean. He will, we will live in a different state of mind. That we obey what He says before we obey when we feel we want to. To or we're able to. We start to begin in our, to live in our own delusions. We have to instantly obey Him. What we do 
is for Him. He died for you. So everything we do is for the kingdom of God. So in other words, if I start to do things for people, then when I'm not appreciated by the people the way I want to, then it'll, it, it can mess you up. Because we have expectancy out of people, but sometimes we're not going to receive that from certain people because they just don't do it or they don't know how. But if we do everything for the one that sees everything, then we continue to enter into, then there's no conditions because His love is always pouring out on us. But when we begin to do things for people, see, that's the problem. In the kingdom of God, we're not doing things. Even if I have a job in the world, I got to do that for the kingdom of God. I'm doing it for Jesus. Then my life is at peace. I don't love you for you. I love you for Him. And because He told me to love you. And that's why we keep His commandments. And then we live in the kingdom. If I'm loving you because I think I owe you my love. No, I don't owe you. I owe Christ to love you. Because He paid the price. Nobody in this room paid a price for my salvation. Nobody in this room paid it all. So, and I, the Bible says, oh man, nothing but to love them. So we're going to have a bad day. And somebody might be expecting something on their good day. And you're having a, the other person's having a bad day. And they don't get what they have. Then the enemy can come in. Because we're living by expectation and not by the word of God. And because God promises peace, joy, and righteousness when he has all of our heart. So everything we do, we need to do it for no other reason. If, if not, we're setting us up, ourselves up for disappointment. The world is full of faults, failures, and frustrations. Jesus shed his blood so he can have all of, our, all of these yokes. He said he'll take all of these yokes. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come unto me. This is a daily, it's not just say a prayer when you got saved. That's what people think. That's why they live the way they live. Come unto me. Every minute, every second of the day, he's there. Come unto me. All you that are, because if you've gotten heaven uh, laid and burned and tired, you got in your flesh. You took back some of your heart. Because we're in Hebrews 4, it says to enter into his rest. Strive to enter into the rest of God. Right? That's where we're supposed to be living. I have prepared a rest for the people of God. And that's why we get so, we, when the law comes or these things, we push it all away because we're like, no, I'm not going back to that tree. I'm going to obey God. Then they think, oh, you don't want the law. No, I'm going to obey the Holy Spirit. I'm going to repent. I'm going to keep my heart clean. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. I'm going to fight to stay in the Spirit. I'm going to love my neighbor. Yeah, I'm going to obey him, but I'm not getting under the law of my whole, everything's uh, done by condition. If you brought the sacrifice up, if you cut the sacrifice, if you did it the right way, if you cut it this way, if you do this and you do that and you do this and you wear this clothes, that's how people want to live when all you got to do is guard your heart. He's made it so simple, but it's not easy. It's very simple, but it's, it's not the easiest thing to do because there, don't forget the devil is the one that wants to spoil your heart. The devil. And if anybody in the kingdom of God tries to do that, God will take care of them immediately because that's an evil thing. 
My yoke is easy. Learn of me, for I am meek. He's saying, look, this is your promise. You can be meek. You can be lowly in heart. And you will find rest unto your soul. See, that's the problem. We're living soulishly when God wants us to live spiritually. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So those eight things I mentioned earlier above are the, are the part to be, they should be a part of our life all the time. For out of the heart flows the issues of life. So if anything we hold back from Jesus is holding back life from ourselves. Jesus is the purifier and the filter. Like in the natural, right? When someone has a bad kidney. See, Jesus is the, has something bad. They go on a dialysis machine. Why? The heart pumps the blood. So that's the flow of life. But the kidneys filter it. Or is it the liver or what? Are kidneys, right? Both. Both of them. So, when you have a bad one of those, See, when you take back part of your heart, if you ain't got enough blood, things won't move through there, whatever, but everything's affected by one thing. So we go on a dialysis machine, right? So that that cleans, but Jesus is the one that cleans our blood in the body of Christ because it's His blood and His blood is clean because His blood has made us clean. Jesus became a curse. that We do not live under the curse. Jesus his blood should be flowing through our veins, the blood of Emmanuel, God with us. So that means we are hidden in Christ. It's no longer us that live but Him. So the life that Christ died for us to live, that should be what we live. That's how we live it when we give Him our heart because then He can flow His blood through it. We hold back our heart, we're flowing our blood and His blood. It's mixture. And then we're contaminating the body. We're contaminating the body when we don't give Him all. And we're contaminating the body in our, in our spiritual lives around us. It's so amazing how God makes creation and He gives us a spiritual aspect to see the things that He has done so we can actually understand them. He does not force the hookup. Let's say He's the dialysis machine and you, you, He's the liver. But if you disconnected the liver or the source... He does not force the hookup. He does not force His love. He does not make us surrender all. Because then, there's no sacrifice. He does not make us give Him all of our heart. That is the beauty of the dance. It is fully our surrender when we say things like, He stole my heart, but He didn't really steal your heart. It really means, because he didn't take it by force. It really means he captivated it. He, he won it. He, I couldn't but give him my heart because he's so awesome. Like That's the aspect of the stealing the heart. He doesn't take it like a thief. He waits for us to give it all to him. He rescued it. He's transforming it. He's reviving it. Out of it flows the issues of life. What are the issues in life? What are the issues in your life? What are the issues that need some of His blood to flow through today? What are the issues in your life 
that are issues, the issues that you haven't given to Him, are flowing out of His life. What are the issues? Every issue should be flowing out of His life. Are your issues still controlling your life? As one thing is to be saved and to have eternal life. But another thing is having life right now. Right now, He promised us to have life. Being in an unconditional world, living with a loving, unconditional heart that belongs to Him. He gives it to me. I, cannot, I can take it from Him. I can't take it from you. He gives it to me. I can't take your heart. You have to give it up. If somebody takes your peace, you've given them part of your heart, which you've actually given over. Prideful heart is a heart that cannot see. Jesus, we want to see you and be seen by you. Give us clean hands and a pure heart. James 4, 1-11 says this, From whence are wars and fightings among you, lust and war in your members? You lust and have not, you kill, you desire, you cannot attain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss, because you'll consume it upon your lust. See, once you give your heart to Him, you have a pure heart. Everything you ask, you'll have it. And the things that you've been asking for upon your lust, you're not going to get them because you haven't given them all of your heart. So you want, God, I want peace. But you, you're holding back the peace of your heart. God, I want this. I want it. I want it. I want But you're not giving Him because what you give Him, He gives it back to you. He says, you adulterous and adulterous, know yet not that the friendship of the world is an enemy of God. Know not that the ways of the world separate you from God. Don't you know that how the world runs, the kingdom of God doesn't run that way, is what he's saying. Whosoever therefore be a friend of the world, therefore wants to put his, put, put his, um, his trust in the world, is an, is, is, is an enemy of God. Do not think like the world or be like the world, for you're not in the, of the world. The world, if you were, the world would love his own. Then it says, verse 5, Do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit that dwells in us lusts to envy? But he that gives more grace. Wherefore he said, God resists the proud. The world is the, is the, is, is, is the proud place. Pride of life. Me, myself, and I, it's all about pride. And God resists that. But he gives grace unto the humble. So when God has all your heart, you're humble. When you take it back, you start getting prideful. Because then you have to, you have to prove your way. You have to prove your right. You have to prove your misunderstandings. You've got to prove. In the kingdom of God, God proves for you. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, verse 7, and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your heart, you sinners. Purify your heart. He's telling us to do that, but he's done it for us on the cross. But how is he saying that? By submission, by humility, by accepting the things that you cannot change. And I'm not trying to get into that. Honestly, accepting the things that only God can change. I can't change my brother, but I can change me. And maybe me changing me might change him one day. 
Right? So the only thing we can change is us. When we try to change other people to fit the way that are bothering us, all we're doing is getting a, a place to take our heart back. God's the one that changes. We need it. He change, and we can't even change ourselves. We change by give, letting Him change us. And by letting Him change us is how we change. And how we change is surrendering to His power and to the cross. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. He shall deliver you. He shall turn your joy, your, I mean, He shall turn your mourning into joy and your heaviness into, into joy and your, 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 your mourning into laughter. He does that. Why? By, how, by giving it to Him. Giving it to Him. Speak not evil one of another. He that speaketh evil of his brother judges his brother and speaketh of the law. And then he's under the world. He's in death. Don't you know that the law is death? Don't be a, and he that are a doer of the law, but a judge. Psalms 24, 3-5 says, Who will ascend the hill of the Lord? Him who shall stand in the holy place. He that has clean hands and a pure heart. He that has not lifted his soul in vanity has not been prideful. Prideful means I, you want... You want... Right now, God, to you want justice. When, you, when God has your whole heart, you never look for justice. You look for mercy all the time. All the time. When you take back your... The world always wants justice. God wants mercy. And when we live in mercy, God brings justice for us. Remember he says... What's that? Everyone has our vengeance is mine, says the Lord. But when we want to do it, when we take it back, then we have both things against us, the devil and God. He that has not lifted up his hand, he shall receive the blessing of the Lord. He shall walk in the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God in his salvation. These are the promises that we have when we have and we're doing what God has us to do. What is happening all around us in these last days is Satan is masquerading, finding someone he can devour. And if he's not worried about the ones that are following him, you see them, they seem like they're happier. They seem like they have more joy. Sometimes you go in the world and they seem that because it's, it's a counterfeit, it's a lie. They're, but one day they're going to wake up in hell. So he wants to make you miserable now, but he doesn't have to. He has no power to make you miserable unless you hold back part of your heart from God. That's how he does it. How does he get? He gets in your heart. You say, my brother, you, you can't blame your brother for getting your heart. If the devil used your brother to get in your heart, then it was the devil indirectly doing that, but it wasn't your brother. Because Satan has... Only power of us if we let him. We give him power. We, we, we fellowship with his lies. We fellowship with darkness. We fellowship with uh, when he says, oh, you have a right. Take back part of your heart. Don't let Jesus take care of it. Let them, let them know. When all we got to do is give it to God in prayer. I'm not saying being, never communicating with people. You're No, but... Not with the devil 
doing it, with God leading you. Restoring in a spirit of meekness. If you know your brother has fallen, you go and restore them. Restoration and mercy all the time. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, as be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. We, all of us can recite this scripture because it's one of the most important scriptures that's ever been written in the Bible. That he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him before he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because why? Because the devil, the adversary, Satan, his demons, however you want to say it, are waiting for you to get an offense in your heart, waiting for you to open a door in your heart so he can walk right in. It's the most important thing in Christianity is the heart. Because out of the heart flows the issues of life. And out why we have so many issues in our life, because we do not want to give God all of our heart. He promises, you give me all of your heart. He gave me that vision when I was a young Christian. I, I was pulling my heart out. And it looked so painful and hurt. But I was so happy. And he says, when you give me all of your heart, then you'll be happy. And I was like, I wasn't happy, but I was happy, but I wasn't happy like that because I wasn't giving him all of my heart. I didn't know how to do that. And he's like, you don't have, there's no, it's not, there's no formula to do it. It's just a surrender. Trusting, total surrender, fully trusting him no matter what the circumstances and the consequences look around me in the natural, I'm trusting God. And if I don't feel good, I'm, I'm going to take it to Him. I'm going I'm to bow my heart to Him. He says, be sober, because the devil as, comes as a roaring lion, walking, seeking whom he may devour. See, he can't devour anyone. He's waiting. Who can I devour? Who has ought against his brother? Who is in sin? Who is not uh, living under the grace of God? Who is not having life flowing through them? Who, in other words, who is taking an offense? That's who he's going to devour. And then when we're being devoured, instead of kicking the devil out, we end up biting and devouring one another. But, and that's what God doesn't want, because then that causes the devil to get even more power, because then you get another. Then the worst thing you want to do is you're offended with somebody, then you want to get them offended back at you. Then it's over. Because God's not going to fight for either one. And then what? Satan's going to end up, and it's going to be a bloody mess. The only beautiful bloody mess is on the cross. And that's where Jesus hung for all of us to live righteously and live in peace with one another. This is the promise He has for us. And it takes a lot of surrendering. We must surrender because there's a joy in surrendering all. He says, resist the same, and then it says this, to whom he may devour them, whom resist steadfast in faith, knowing, knowing, he says this, knowing the same afflictions, the same things happen that are accomplished, the same things that, come, that are in the world. See, when you 
Live like that, you're living just like the world. The same things happen in the world, but not in the kingdom. <clears throat> to him be the glory and dominion forever. Gets in your heart, but we won't. But he won't get past Jesus. He can get in your heart, but he can't get past Jesus. <clears throat> God said this morning, some people have become and are becoming professional offense carriers. Meaning learning to look normal, act normal, but deep down of all of the offenses that they carry and will not bury is burying them. Killing their spiritual and hardening their hearts. It's all over the kingdom of God. All over Facebook. All over the place. This is the work of the devil. The little foxes that spoil the vine are the little offenses. Satan twists and convinces that they have a right to carry offenses. And in that they are becoming deceived. Are being tormented by their own demons. Devils. Become and become friends with them rather than not let them than to and keep and not keep their heart. Harden not your heart in the day of provocation, the Bible says. Just about finished. Harden not your hearts in the day of provocation. What is provocation? Action, action speech. Make someone annoyed or angry, especially deliberately. Harden not your heart when somebody's messing with you. And, and maybe sometimes somebody messes with you and they don't even know they're messing with you, but it's Satan messing with you, using them, thinking they're messing with you too because he, you've already got an offense. And so someone just says something, even their voice messes with you. That's not the kingdom of God. That means you haven't surrendered all of your heart. Hebrews 3. Wherefore, holy brother, be partakers of the heavenly calling. Consider the apostles, the high priest, and the president of Jesus Christ, whom was faithful upon, appointed him. And Moses, faithful in his, all of his house, counted him worthy of much glory. For every house is built by some man. But he that built all things is God. Moses was faithful in all of his house and gave a testimony. But Christ, as the son over his own house, Whose house are we? Whose confidence and rejoicing and hope and firm unto the end? Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, Today, if you hear His voice, harden not your hearts, as in the day of provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. During a bad day you're having. We're all going to have them. When your fathers tempted him and proved me, and Saul works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with the generation and said, Do they always err in their hearts? See, he's talking about the heart. And they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. That's where he goes into chapter 4. Right now, we enter out, we can, we exit out of Jesus, the resting in Christ, when we, then we become religious. Because religion and rest are two different kingdoms.
In religion, we rest after we feel we've done enough. In the kingdom, we're resting because He's done it all. It's a totally different aspect. Take heed, brethren, lest by any of you an evil heart of unbelief, unbelieving the power of God, unbelieving the Word of God, unbelieving His promises, and departing from the living God. He's warning them in Hebrews. Exhort one another daily. Exhort one another daily. Exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, because unbelief is sin. And when we don't believe, and even don't believe that He loves us, is still unbelief. We have to believe the Word, because the Word says that He loves us. <clears throat> For we are made partakers of Christ, and if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end, while it is said, Today, if you hear His voice, harden not your hearts in the day of provocation. For when they had heard, did provoke, not all that were out of called out of Egypt, but by Moses, but by whom he was grieved forty years, and with them he had sin, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness. So how many say, man, that church was alive. It's a dead church because a bunch of hardened hearts. Hardened hearts will make you dead. To whom he swore should not enter into his rest, to them that did not believe. So, we see that we could not enter in because of unbelief. Then I looked it up. The real physical life thing, hardening of arteries, because the heart, that's what it is. I mean, the people have, get hardened arteries, right? And offenses start to harden our arteries in our hearts. Occurs when substances, so turn that into the spiritual realm, when offenses build up in the walls of our heart, in our lives, because in the blood is, flows the issues of life. And these deposits, these the little foxes, are called plaques, called offenses. And over time, these little plaques can narrow or completely block the arteries block out the kingdom of God. Block out the, the life flowing from Jesus. It blocks. Put up walls. Blocks out relationships. The blood flowing from the heart. Cause problems throughout the whole body, it says. Not just the whole body. Do you see it? Do you see the revelation? Everybody stand up and we got communion ready today. I think it, I hope it is. And we're going to take communion. I want to keep the camera going because I want people that are watching um, on YouTube to be able to repent, to harden out your heart, to let God clean it, to, to take offenses out. These offenses, these things that block our hearts, these are offenses, regrets, unforgiveness, Hurts, strifes, turmoils, all the things that um, feeling um, not appreciated, feeling somebody should have said something and they, they didn't say it to you. Or these things are up to us to do.
This is how we protect our heart because God doesn't want to see the devil having one part of your heart. He doesn't want to see it. But he is bound by his word. Satan's like, oh, I got you. And Jesus is like, here, I'm on the cross. Let the blood flow. Let the blood flow. Is it ready? Okay, oh yeah, pass it out. Sorry. Life is in the blood. And some of you are about to have a heart attack, God said. A heart attack. A stroke in the spirit. Think about it. Hardness of your heart. Having a heart attack. You're, you, you don't feel for the lost anymore. You don't feel for your brother anymore. You don't even like yourself anymore. And you become religious and dead. That's a heart attack. But the thing is, we'll still live in this body, but our spiritual life will stop flowing by the blood of Jesus. God wants to revive us today. He wants to revive your heart today. He wants to revive your relationships today. He wants to revive your communication with one another. He wants to revive us. Revival is not getting someone from the, from, from the streets saved. That's not revival. That's, that's being raised from the dead. He needs to revive your heart today. And I, I say this, that we want, we're, after this corona thing passes by, we're going to start doing more mission trips than ever, even if we're going to Brazil. Because those are the types of things, that's what religion, that's why so many people get so hardened in the churches, because they stay inside the four walls all the time, and they go home, that's their Christian life, that's religion. We're called to go to the highways and the byways and compel them enough. We're called to have the Issues of life throwing through us. And if you're worried about the finances, then you already think that it's your, your, it's, it's, it's your plan. We're going to go every other month again to any nation, Africa, South America, Asia, and continue going. And then if somebody can't go to maybe every other or every third church, it doesn't matter. We're going as a church, Brazil or USA. Because I see how when this this thing and not even be able to travel how religious things can get because when we're not flowing Jesus out we're not receiving and passing out the anointing Father we thank you for your blood Father we thank you that you have given us a new heart Father Father we thank you that this is not just a piece of cracker this, you said this is your flesh and this is your blood and as often as we eat your flesh and drink your blood, we have life in us. God, we want to give you all of our heart today. We believe there's healing in the blood. We believe there's life in the blood. We believe there's joy in the blood. Father, we ask you to pour your water upon our heart and hearts today, God. Father, we thank you that we're, this is called communion because it makes us one with you. We commune with the God, the creator of all things, through the doorway of Jesus Christ, we can sup with Him and everything that He did on the cross. Father, we ask You to revive our hearts. Revive our relationships. Revive our burning desire for You, God. Revive it because we can't do it in the flesh. We can't do it by the arm of flesh and the arm of man or the works of the law. But we surrender we just ask you, Father, and if anybody 
We're taking our gift, our heart, our body, our soul, our self to the altar today. All that is within us, our alabaster box, everything to Jesus. So if, there, if we have any odds, we ask you that are watching, clean your heart right now. Because the Bible says if you even take this unworthily, if you just take it without faith, it can make you sick. So, Father, we don't want a heart that's sick. Father, we bless. We pray for those that despitefully use us. We bless those that curse us. And everybody that raises their tongue against us, Lord, we give them to you, God. Father, we want to have a great aroma, a good fragrance to the lost, even to the lost, even to the, to the Savior, even to one another, God. The fragrance of Christ. So as we take this, it's not a ritual. It's a faithful thing, God, that we come in agreement with your body that was broken on the cross. That we break our heart for you, God. That we ask you, Jesus, to give us the joy of our salvation back. Give us our happy feet back. Give us the dance. Give us a love for the lost. A love for the hurting. A compassion for the broken that we want to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, go to the highways and the byways and pour your love upon them, God. This is what you desire for us. And we desire what you desire. So we give you back all of the parts of our heart, God, that we've taken back. We repent because we want your kingdom right now. We repent because we want to walk with you. We want to hear you. We want to see you as you are. We want to see your, your word alive inside of us. So thank you for your body, God. We ask you to forgive us for all of our sins. And we take your blood. We take it for life today, God. We believe supernaturally that we're giving you all of our heart. When we take this, and there'll be nothing. Satan has no hold on us. And after we drink this, we're going to have freedom. A heart full of Jesus. Satan, we bind you. We cast you out of our heart, our will, and our emotions. We live for Jesus. We surrender our all to Him today. And we thank you for your blood that makes us clean, white as snow, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. God bless you.